0: Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Hi, I'm your host, Jack McLean, and today's episode is a bite-sized recording from our recent live collab event with Australia's leading strength and conditioning coaches in the high school setting. Today's episode is with Adam Earnshaw, gym strength and conditioning coordinator at Campbell Grammar. His subject: enhancing learning and engagement through play. You can connect with Adam via his Instagram. The link is in the show notes. Let's get into it. H- how do you incorporate
1: play in your session planning, mate? Take take us through it, mate. I got to first of all, I got to give a little bit of a backstory. And and I promised I would give him a shout out. So this is a shout out to Paul Sartori because he told me he'd be watching this instead of the Commonwealth Games. So we're kind of we've been in this. We're in the early stages of the school investing quite strongly into S and C. Like Dave mentioned, at their school they've put a lot of time and effort into it, and they've done that year. So Paul has been heading up the program. We built this from scratch from the last like four and a half years with alongside with some amazing coaches, and as part of. Our early discussions, we both believed that, that play is such an important part to learning and we wanted a program that is structured but also fun and engaging. And I think that was the, that was the big issue that we saw was, and, and I wish Nathan was here because he was kind of talking something about this, about like earning the right and giving kids freedom and that sort of thing. So we were looking at how can we provide structure while also keeping it engaging and fun and bringing the energy to these sessions and keep the kids coming back. So how we incorporate it is pretty simply in our warm-up. And we do a variety of things. We do different games, setting up obstacle courses, different challenges, keeping things competitive, sometimes getting the gym mats out, the crash mats out, playing around, rolling around, that kind of stuff. And just getting the students involved, getting them fired up and ready to go. We all yep. know working in working in the high school setting that Kids come in flat. Like they come in tired. We talked about the the strains they have from different trainings and all that sort of thing. So it's not always easy getting those sessions started, but adding something, adding this element into it is an easy way to get kids fired up and then still have the time to do all the other things that you need to do. And I'd rather just bring some energy to a session than just to go through the motions over and over again. So this is with that the well, I predominantly work with some of the younger kids in the year seven and eight, but this is for every kid. Like this is for our first footy team as well adding that in maybe there's a little bit more with those year seven and eight students but it's for everyone and if you've seen them do this in the pro setting too with different games and that people get just as involved and just as competitive no matter how old you are so yeah absolutely yeah on that
0: what what are your favorite games what top five mate that that get the best effect yeah
1: oh there are so many games and i'm i'm gonna shout out to few, but Shout out to Athletes Authority. If anyone is on the social media game, you must have seen the Cone Reaction game about 100 times. And it must be the, the most well-used game, and I'm sure we've all done it in the s industry, especially in the high school setting. Well, in any setting, really. Just an easy and fun way to do it. And then you can manipulate the game as you need and as they do with adding tennis balls in, adding some jumping variations to it and that kind of thing. A couple others. We like to use is any sort of reaction game. So I won't go too much into the details, but for anyone out there holding different tennis balls and then someone having the hands either behind the back or in different positions catching the ball, and then you can add variety to that as much as possible. And same with another one we do like a Norton Crosses tic-tac-toe. Our version is using cones and the spiky massage balls that we, that we have around, which tend to work well. And then... Varying the games up as much as possible. So, for as an example, you can manipulate that. I know it's a simple game, but you can manipulate it in any way you want. So, making the game bigger, making the game smaller, that kind of thing, adding different elements to it. But in within that game itself, you're doing some acceleration, some deceleration, change of direction, without the kids really knowing what's going on. So, you can adapt that to depending on what session you're doing. Even so, there's there's many ways you can be as creative as possible and if you really want to get creative like what we do quite a bit is setting up different courses that kind of thing setting up jump courses agility courses obstacle courses and just adding all these different elements into it so that the kids are getting variety and and same thing you can make it as long as short as you want you can make the hurdles higher you can crawl you can do whatever it's needed to get them get them going at the start of a session
0: so it's almost like a ninja warrior theme I mean, we don't have what Bright and Grandma have, but
1: they have their full Ninja Warrior course, which would be the dream. But we can huh. set that up pretty wow. close. Yeah, if, if you haven't seen it, you guys need to check that out for sure. Many coaches out there, it's amazing. Hey there, hope you're enjoying this episode
0: with Adam Earnshaw. We're just going to take a quick break to hear a snippet from our interview with Jay Ellis. Do you think um, the skill sets that you developed as being a sales a salesman helped? coaching in in hindsight like was yeah, there elements of transfer
2: yeah absolutely um so i have to lo- i had to learn to communicate with people that's not something that university teaches uh yeah. i'm not naturally an overly extroverted guy and for those who haven't met i'm ten and about 75 kilos ring and wet. so uh to learn to communicate and uh really generally get along with uh, athletes uh I had to learn to communicate in a way that would say, Hey, like I've got the confidence and the skill set, and demonstrate that through uh, being able to apply what I could do physically. So being able to train was big for me and actually demonstrate exercise was really big, but uh, as well as to develop my confidence, dealing with lots of different people. I think the reality is to pursue professional sport in particular, and even in the private sector, you're always selling Um, in the private sector, you're selling yourself to clients or you're selling yourself to uh, potential clients or or their parents perhaps. but in the professional sector, you're actually selling yourself to stakeholders. You know, you're know, you telling CEOs, hey, um, this is what I'm worth, or you're saying to GMs.
0: To hear more from JLS, make sure to scroll to episode 67 on the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. And the tennis ball game, like the reactive side of things, how do you, like you mentioned, the, the energy that comes with the accelerations for the noughts and crosses, because that magic gets competitive. Yeah. How do you? How do you add some engagement when they are coming in a bit flat? I imagine if a coach has never done that before and they get him doing the test falls, potentially it can go the other way where it doesn't quite get the engagement. So what are some, some tips and tricks that you give to, to make sure that the, the players
1: do spark up and bring some energy to, to a game like that? I think first, first of all, you have to bring your own energy. I was like to think you have to, be, you have to be the energy in the room sometimes, not all the times, but Sometimes you have to be the energy, but adding a adding a competitive ele- element is, is probably the easiest way to get any of these kids fired up, especially the athletes. So adding that sort of stuff into it, and then you can, like I said, you can vary up the games as much as possible to make it like a challenge so that if you're dropping the ball from a certain distance and you have to back up a little bit and you're catching it before the second bounce. So you're imagining it's almost like a tennis player playing a drop shot, like reaching in to, to grab something that kind of thing. So you're just training another element there. So, yeah, and you can do you want. I love it, mate.
0: Bring be the energy and, and add a bit of competitiveness. That's it. Well said. With the key areas from a in-the-gym strength and conditioning point of view, what, what are some of your big rocks that once the game's done and you're starting and you've got the energy and the vibes up, what are some of your key focuses when they're now getting to work? Oh,
1: you mean after the games or...? Yeah, after the game. Oh, the same, the same as like what they are in the games, which is to... Have fun to to explore, to compete, to make mistakes. Which you're doing you're doing this all in the game, and you're setting up that mentality when they go do other things. Like, yes, we want to get the movements like down. We want to get technique correct, but it's okay to make mistakes. And it's the same is going to happen in these games, right? We want to and and in such an environment like a school where often these kids are quite scared to make mistakes, especially if you're in quite a strong academic school where. One mistake can make such a big difference in your score at the end of the year. Kids are worried about making mistakes or taking risks and in a safe environment where you're playing games and you're allowing them to do that in their warm-ups, then they feel confident and they can, you know I mean, do things by themselves a little bit more and they don't have to be constantly looked after by a coach. And that, so that's something that we can pass on through the games then into the sessions.
0: Yeah, that's really good, mate. It sounds like you're empowering the kids, not only yeah, physically, but also just their confidence levels and, and their uh, overall well-being. You mentioned Paul earlier. Um, at what point did you guys come up
1: with, with this thinking and, and, and started implementing this? How did it come about? I think this was just our, our general conversations. These are the, the things you have to do when you're starting, when, when you're really starting a program from, the, from, the, from scratch really is have these conversations about what you're looking like, what, what you want the program to look like moving forward. What the vision of the program was and and our vision of the program was to, we want a space where kids want to come. They want to, they feel safe. They feel like they can make mistakes. They can explore. We give them that freedom of choice like Nathan talked about. We allow them to be creative and these were all things we wanted. And if we were going to do that, then we want to provide stuff like that in our warm-ups and through our sessions, as well as providing solid strength and conditioning training for the boys as well.
0: And early on, what were some mistakes that you guys made when implementing this? Uh, well, you know, I imagine it didn't go 100 percent right. There must have been some a learning curve early on with anything new. So, for those
1: listening in that are going to take on this philosophy, what are some yeah some teachings that you can provide? Absolutely, absolutely. There is all there's always mistakes. It's like controlled chaos sometimes, but that's that's fine. I think, like we said about, we're trying to teach the kids to make mistakes. I think we be, have to be okay to make mistakes, and just like I teach the kids to be creative and think outside the box sometimes you have to be okay with with doing the same yep definitely take it too far on one side if the session is becoming like then it's then it's all play and nothing else and it can get a little bit out of hand so you need to still set set boundaries and set standards in the gym and make sure you're following those but it's just trying to find that balance of of structure and then also allowing them to play and explore at the same time so you have to find the right balance for yourself and ensure that you have found from the standards in the gym and what you expect from the students as well. If you set that from the one. That really helps you along the way. Yeah. And when
0: you're going in that creative mode, uh, is it all staff that are bringing new games to the,
1: to the table and that's how you're sort of developing your, your database? No. The secret is to use the kids, Jack. The, the kids have the creative minds. That's, what, that's where it comes from. It, it is bouncing ideas off staff. Obviously, it's not just the kids running the show, but it's about, yeah, we do have these conversations and we've, we've had these conversations recently about okay, how can we met this, how can we make this a little bit more engaging, how we're coaching things. So these conversations are important, but then also using, take feedback from your students, allow them to, like you're trying to teach them, be creative and give you their ideas as well. And you're not going to run with, with all their ideas that they're putting out there, but it, if the same feedback's coming back, then you have to be open to listen to these guys and give them that freedom and give them the chance to try something out and it might not work, but you have to be open to that as well.
0: Very well said, mate. Thank you so much for, for jumping on and yeah, sharing with us your experiences with this philosophy of bringing in play in what can be, you know, a serious environment at times. And, and ultimately, like you said, if the kids are having fun along the way, then, yeah, they're going to learn and, and enjoy themselves and then keep coming
1: back. For those that want to get in contact with yourself, mate, where's the best place to connect? Just reach out. Instagram is probably the best one. Just coach underscore Earnshaw. And then the kids keep telling me I should get TikToks and maybe I'll be able to do that. Yeah, I no. was wondering if someone was going to do the TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> maybe sometime soon, but I'll hold off for now. Thanks, mate.
0: Yeah, I've taken the plunge. I'm still trying to work it out now. I'll say, I'll get Very stuff. good. Thanks, mate. For those coaches wanting to learn how to create an online coaching successful business and make an impact in elite sport, then our Coaches Academy is for you. You get access to a step-by-step roadmap to launching your own online coaching business, an extensive training library and exclusive discounts and tools. You'll also become part of our active and supportive community filled with strength and conditioning coaches from all over the world who can help you along your strength and conditioning journey with practical feedback, support, and advice. All of this and more make our academy the number one place to be for a strength and conditioning coach wanting to start, manage, and grow a successful coaching business. To join, head to preparelikeaproacademy.com.au. Thank you for listening. Hopefully see you on our next Prepare Like a Pro live chat show.